Welcome back to It's Technically Romanced, where we take a look at Hallmark movies from our two different perspectives, mine being the hopeless romantic, where I look at all things romance, if the sparks are flying, if I'm feeling all of the chemistry. And mine being from the technical, uh, cynical, cinephile point of view, things like lighting, camera work, editing, all those fun things that I know you all love. That's that's my my realm. They, it is all of the fun things. I like it. I yeah. like talking about it. I like that you like it. Uh, we have a very <laughs> that's funny. We have a very uh, special episode today because this one is coming at you from all the way down in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes. Uh, if I sound a little off to you, it's because we are not in the same location. It's weird. It's a little weird. It's kind of crazy. Uh, came down to visit my family. Hadn't seen them in like a year and a half. So, uh, so yeah, we are recording this separate this time and it's good to see you. It's good to see you. I know it's been it's been a minute. (laughs) And fun fact, your family all loves Hallmark movies. So, you know, that must be really neat for you. Yes. So I got to watch this movie with them and they got to, you know, see all the behind the scenes of me taking my notes and (laughs) some BTS of it. It's technically romance. I like it. Yes. So we have a fun one for you today because you know, we didn't have any other new premieres mm-hmm. for Christmas in July. We had that wonderful Crashing Through the Snow premiere that we enjoyed last week. But looking at some some older ones this time, we chose Just in Time for Christmas. And this one, if you guys are a fan of the podcast, you know we talk about this one quite a bit uh, because they hardly play it. They don't They don't play this one very often. And it's one that really kind of stuck in my mind as as a really good one so I was, I was really excited to watch this one again to see if it held up for me yeah so if you guys follow us on on instagram we were trying to get you guys to watch this one so hopefully some of you did i hope a lot of you have already seen it and if you hadn't if you can find your way to it i would definitely watch it and then maybe come back to this review but i'm very excited to talk about it I hadn't seen it in quite a while because like we said, they don't play it very mm. often. So it was it was nice to to see it again. Yeah, I mean, the one thing uh, I'm going to say just right off the bat, they don't make them like this anymore. They really don't make them like this anymore. And it's and it's kind of fascinating to see just how, how I, I want to say how far Hallmark has come from this setup to where they are now. And there's a part of me that obviously applauds what Hallmark has been doing with their films, but there's also a part of me that's like, man, take me back to these these simpler times of magic Santa and just time travel and just fun goodness. But yeah, it was it was it was a really kind of a an odd feeling watching it now, especially after just watching uh, a movie that's so different than Hallmark normally does with our the one we did last week to this one was was a neat juxtaposition. Yeah, I feel like for a while there, we were getting, you know, sort of like the Christmas magic in everyone. Like there was yeah. like a, a Santa and everyone making wishes come true <laughs> and things like that. So, no, we haven't we haven't seen one like that in a while. But this particular movie, I don't know that he is Santa, but we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So, uh let me just write off the bat, you know, we like to start off with our review. I, I feel like we can't do it because we usually say, is this one you would watch again? Is this one you would have on the background or this is this one you would never watch again? Um, so instead, I'm just going to ask you, how did this movie hold up for you? And is it still towards the top for you? Is this still one you would watch again after this? Yeah, because I feel like it's been a few years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And it came out in 2015. And so... I was, wow, that long ago. <laughs> I know. I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if it, I'm still going to love it as much as I remember. Uh, and I absolutely did. There yeah. were parts that I make now that I'm looking at it with my critical eye for the podcast, maybe noticed this time that I maybe didn't notice last time. 
So it's it's not a perfect movie, right. but so yeah, we'll talk about. There's a few little things that um, that kind of were maybe a little cheesy or something mm-hmm. like that. But as a whole, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, just just as much as I remembered. Yeah, I mean this this movie this movie held up for me too. Uh, this is one that I would definitely watch again, uh, especially around Christmas. I mean, it was just such a fun a fun movie. And when you have Christopher Lloyd and William Shatner in the same movie, I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can you not? When you have Christopher Lloyd in a time travel movie, come on, come on. Ridiculous. What's not to love? It's, it's wild. But no, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this one because it is, it is so different from what they're playing now. And it's, it's a fun throwback. And I don't know, it's just there's something, there's something about this one yeah, it's you know how we love different movies. So the formula for this one definitely is different from the norm. Oh, for uh, sure. And that's why it's that's why I feel like it stands out so much for us. Well, um, even even when you think about the amount of screen time our two leads have, is not a lot. There's together, not yeah, together. there's not a lot of screen time that they have together. No. And it's very interesting to see if they still have that connection. And again, this is your romantic thing. I'm sure you'll, you'll speak to this, but with so little, with such little screen time together, how are these two leads able to connect and how are we able to connect with them? But this is very much a solo heroine story uh, for her, you know, for our two characters. So why don't you go ahead and give us a plot, give us our, our characters so we can, we can dive right in. Absolutely. So Lindsay has to make a choice between accepting a proposal from her boyfriend, Jason, or a dream job at Yale. She meets a mysterious stranger who shows her a life (laughs) path with success and accolades, but without love and family. She gains perspective and realizes she can have it all and finds her way back to Jason and the life she thought was gone forever. Oh, that was good. That was good. I like the mysterious stranger part because that doesn't do him justice at all. I like the way that I like the way that she, her, the character described him. She said, <laughs> she said this to Jason. She said, "I met a guy. There was mistletoe. He took me for a ride." That's how that's how she described him, which is perfect. Um, one of the most unusual characters I've seen in a Hallmark movie. But no, that was that was a beautiful a beautiful summary. Yes, thank you. And so, this movie has one of our favorite leading ladies, Eloise Mumford. Mm-hmm. We just recently saw her in The Baker's Son, which we loved. Man, and that was such a good movie. That was such a good one. Yeah, and she is just a joy to watch. She's just so adorable. And, you know, this part, it, I just feel like she did such a good job mm-hmm. with this role. She has a lot of range in this too. I mean, we have this really nice moment of her crying. Well, it's not a nice moment for her, but a, a really nice moment of her crying in the car. She's making jokes. She's laughing. So really great range for her. You really get to see her her personality coming throughout through this character. Yeah, I feel like she can do it all. She's good at the comedy. She's good at those sweet, tender moments. She's good yeah. at like, you know, showing all of that emotion. And then we have Michael Stahl David as Jason, which I don't think he's done any other Hallmark movies, but where have I seen him? I've seen this guy. It was driving. You've seen him in Cloverfield. Thank you. It was like literally the whole movie. And I felt like this is the first time I saw him. Like, where have I seen you? It's just like his facial expressions. He was great. Yeah. I love him in this movie. He's so like, he's such a genuine character. Genuine. Yeah. Um, and he's so funny. Like, you know, I feel like I don't see a lot of, like, he's like, goofy, like, you know. And this, was a, like a, this is not a typical Hallmark male lead at all. No, but I, I, I mean, I loved his character. In here. I was here for it. I was here for him. Yeah. And then, you know, they are, if we want to call them supporting characters, mm-hmm. but I mean, we've got some heavy hitters in this movie, they, which they are. It's so astounding to me that this movie doesn't get more airplay because of who is in this movie. Like, I would think, 
you know, when you have like Christopher Lloyd and William Shatner. Come on. You know, like who would have imagined, you know, these two in a Hallmark Christmas movie? <laughs> I mean, it seems like something just in some alternate reality. You know what I mean? Like it's just wild. Um, and both of their characters are amazing and fantastic. Christopher Lloyd knocks it out of the park. As the grandpa, I mean... I just, I feel like every time he was on screen, I was like welling up with tears, like because he just was the sweetest grandpa. He, he's great. And I also found out that apparently I, I dress like a grandfather because every outfit he wore, I was like, I have, I have that same outfit. Like that's, that's what I wear. So he I, did. I, I did notice um, I had an eye uh, for, for his attire. <laughs> And maybe that's why I was, you know, feeling it because he dressed very similarly. <laughs> well, this is going to be a little bit weird because, I mean, we, we usually talk about our meet cute next. Hard to do. And it's funny because I, I'd forgotten this about the start of this movie. You know, we see, we see Lindsay at the coffee shop getting, getting a coffee from uh, Jason. And I'm like, oh, this is the meet cute. You know, she's getting coffee. They're going to have a chat. And then they just start kissing. And I'm like, what is going on? This is not how a meet cute works. What is happening? It, it yes. totally threw me for a loop. Yes, the couple in the movie is they're already together. So yeah. we don't have a meet cute. Um, they're already an established couple. So that already out of the gate is different. Yeah. Uh, for Hallmark, we get a kiss, you know, right away. A good kiss too. Good I mean, one. I don't know. I mean, that's yes, your ballpark. How would you? How would you call that kiss? I mean, it was. It was I was like, it's a, it was like a little alarming you know for hallmark like yeah. right out of the gate we're getting i mean i think there was a little tongue like, they're coming was, out swinging. it the ladies yeah. the, the, there's these three coffee shop ladies who are hilarious oh my god they're not in it much but when they're in it they, they steal the scene and they were just they're cracking me up after that kiss like and it's, yeah, it's such a like, great way to start the movie they like to talk about how jason uh jason doesn't kiss me like that and i'm just wondering well how does he kiss you at all like why is he kissing you i'm very confused why do you think his coffee shop is so popular i mean right there he gives out kisses with each cup of coffee i need to start frequenting that stuff coffee shop how did you feel about the the name of his coffee shop what was it caffeinated caffeinated oh because the cafe oh that's actually it's a lot more clever than i thought it was <laughs> Uh, it's not I liked really it. clever. I mean, coffee is caffeine. I know, but cafe, caffeinated, like. Oh, I see didn't you. Think about... yeah, there you go. <laughs> I didn't even think about cafe. I was just You're like, welcome. well, he's just keeping <laughs> his patrons caffeinated. So what? Uh, what I didn't like was those weird cuts we had. The only time they do this in this film, a bunch of quick cuts going into that coffee scene, like it was something out of comedian in cars with coffee, like very quick cuts. Um, when he was making that. So that really threw me off. And it was the only time we see it in the movie. So I was not technically speaking a fan of that, those shots, that shot sequence. Yeah, it didn't necessarily go. You know, this whole movie, it does. So we do see them in the coffee shop, but I love that this movie has so much depth to it. Um, lots of big questions, you know, mm. this character Lindsay is asking herself throughout this movie and I think it's it's just done really well because you know it makes you think and it's and I like it for a Hallmark movie because a lot of times which I know you hate when this happens as well as I do when the the female lead has to choose between love and her career oh, annoying. And we're always like why why does she have to choose you know yeah. so I really like how they handled that well they they kind of dissected that that question, you know. They kind of, you know, really brought that to the forefront. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I enjoyed how they how they took a look at it, because you know, Lindsay is a career woman. We open up on her in a horribly lit lecture hall at college. <laughs> well, uh, aren't they all? I mean, that's pretty true to life. That was it was bad. <laughs> I mean, the one thing about this film in terms of lighting, I'm just going to drop this real quick the the rim lights in this film which is the light right behind the head you know kind of separates the character from the background yeah super hot they were super bright at all times so that that was really distracting so but we have you know we have her as this career person and we find out that jason has dinner plans at gino's at gino's gino's I want to count how many times the word Geno's comes up in this movie because they say that so many times. I mean, I want to eat at Geno's. Like, I want to go to Geno's 
and see what's so great about the Noki and you know I wish I wish this would be like a recurring place in Hallmark movies like Gino's whenever there's like a fancy proposal dinner it's Gino's time yeah uh well apparently I mean it's obvious if you're gonna go eat at Gino's it's probably gonna it's ring it's ring it's ring time it's ring yeah (laughs) (laughs) way her mom is like I mean, it's the most expensive restaurant in town. Like, how expensive is Gino's for the mom to be like, oh, no, there's definitely a proposal. Yeah. So, yeah, we get a proposal at Gino's. Well, we assume there's going to be a proposal. And then she shows up. Well, she goes home. Well, before that, real quick, because I want to talk about when she comes home. Okay. So, you know, there's going to be dinner plans at Gino's. She goes home. This is the first time we see Christopher Lloyd uh, as the grandfather. One of the cutest scenes ever. She walks in, he's holding her Christmas present and like, no, don't look at this. And he's like, has wrapping paper in one hand, the dress in the other, trying to block the dress, you know, not really trying, but trying. It is the cutest scene I've ever seen. They have this beautiful tracking shot of Lindsay walking into the home. Uh, They break the 180 rule, but that's, you know, that's fine, whatever. Uh, Just a really, really wonderful scene. Absolutely loved it. And this is our first meeting of Christopher Lloyd. And I'm just, I'm so excited. Like I'm, I'm a giddy kid. Like this is, this is all I need right here. I know. I love it. He, you know, he's, you know, got the wrapping paper everywhere and she's like, you know, giggling and it's just so funny. Uh, He's trying to hide her dress, uh, which she sees. And I, yeah, I just love it. I love, I wish like Christopher Lloyd was the grandpa in more movies because I just felt like he was so perfect at doing, you know, that tender t- God, those tender it? moments that he has with him and we'll get to those but oh my gosh like it was so hard for me not to just like be bawling my eyes out well and also the camera work really helped with those those tender moments that come up because there's a lot of times that camera would go in real tight on these actors faces to really kind of bring in their you know their uh their emotion you know and this doesn't work i mean if you're if you're a poor actor you go in tight it's not going to work with everyone in this film being such good actors, it just worked hands down. So anytime they would get tight on someone's face, it was like a punch to the the heart, which was awesome. Yeah. Which sounds uh, awful, but it was awesome. I was gonna say, <laughs> man, that's what we all want, a punch, punch to, the, to heart. the heart. Well, yeah, that's uh, all the director, Sean McNamara. And he hasn't done a ton of Hallmark. He's done, you know, quite a few other projects, but he did do the Christmas and Evergreen series. So I guess that's where we would know him. Nice. Nice. So she has a dress for her big proposal dinner. And what a dress it is. I mean, let's talk about wardrobe for a second. You know, I kind of touched on Christopher Lloyd's uh, wonderful attire that he basically stole from me. Just That's who gr- they modeled it after. <laughs> they modeled after me. Uh, just a wonderful wardrobe throughout the entire film, in my opinion. I mean, every everybody's outfits felt like they belonged. There wasn't any of this, you know, this person's wearing blue the entire film, this person's wearing pink, this person's wearing green. There wasn't any of that. They, they looked like they were real people wearing real clothes. Yes, um, uh, I actually made a note of costume as well. Uh, so that uh, shout out goes to Tanya Lipke, and she was the costume designer for this movie. Wonderful job, wonderful job. So she comes down in that dress, amazing, absolutely amazing. As she's leaving, and this is, this is what gets me. This is the part where I'm just like, mm. as she's leaving, her mom says she has a, a message, a phone message, doesn't know who it is. So of course, she knows it's a proposal at this point. Of course, she calls this number on the way to the proposal dinner. And that's that's the only part in this film where I'm like, and this is like a time traveling film. So that's the only part in this film, like, mm, I don't buy that. I buy, I buy all the other ridiculousness. I don't buy her calling that random number on her way. You don't think so? Because she says that the person said it was important. So of course, they're going to say it's important. Everybody says it's important when they call people. It's not. I don't ever say it's important. Oh, I, so I say it's always I feel important. like she's anxious she's like oh some important call from someone i don't know like she's like i you know want to see who it is so i didn't find that unbelievable at all um like i would want to know what's important you know i wouldn't not if i'm going to get proposed to and i mean granted her mom's there her grandfather's there so her family's all there she knows everyone in her inner circle is right there so she shouldn't be worried about anything else except getting to that dinner 
getting proposed to having a great rest of her life. Yeah, but I don't think she even thought for a second it was going to be some like dream job opportunity. So that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, I don't think she was thinking, oh, this might be something that's going to throw a wrench into my night. Right. She probably was just trying to like, oh, well, let me see if it's important. You know, let me. And it was because it was Yale, the Yale. It was. So I do have some issues with how they handle this. Okay. Uh, Normally, you know, the conflict comes way at the end of the movie we get it right at the beginning that's great isn't it so that's I love why it. this movie is just so wonderful because it's just so different like you yeah. know we have everything sort of turned upside down and well first wait, wait, wait real quick just real quick it is an upside down you're absolutely right because the meet cute is the end kiss you're absolutely right they just flipped a hallmark movie yeah this movie is a flipped hallmark movie yeah it's genius wow bravo on the upside i didn't catch that that's great yeah. So before we, I guess, get into how she reacts, I do want to, uh, from a romantic standpoint, I need to talk about this proposal. I feel like this is one of the best proposals I've seen, the most realistic proposals I've seen in a Hallmark movie yeah. or a movie ever, honestly. Like, I just thought this, like, I felt like this might be like a way that like you would propose or something. Like, it just felt- I know. Like, I saw that. I'm like, oh man, he took it. He took it. It's so good. <laughs> good idea it was so cute and funny and sweet you know he makes like this little home movie for her and it's just so funny because he's wearing this like smoking jacket with like a pipe and you know oh hello I didn't see you there and (laughs) it's super um, cute yeah and then they go through their relationship and you know we find out that they were basically known each other since children yeah and he's you know held a flame for her this whole time but you know it took her a little bit later what a clever way to give that backstory do you know what i mean i know right it's really really clever yeah very and i just thought it was so sweet and and i love how he seems so awkward you know and nervous as i imagine Mm -hmm. that to actually be how he felt and uh like he's embarrassed of the video. Like I thought that was gonna go over better than. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It's so cute, and we didn't even mention this. He rents out the entirety of Geno's, the most expensive place on the West Coast. He just rents out. That's why I'm confused. I'm like, he works at a coffee shop, but he must be making some great money. Making that at coffee this money. Coffee mm-hmm. shop. I mean, if he's you know kissing all of his customers, I guess he <laughs> kissing, is kissing getting coffee. some really good tips, but. Yeah, I mean, I w- couldn't even imagine how much the most expensive restaurant is to like rent completely out. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I'm sure it's a lot of money. So yeah, I love the proposal, and then, and then after, and then she just runs out, just runs out, runs out of Gino's, which is not the reaction you would expect when you propose to someone. No, um, and you feel you definitely feel for Jason, you know, because he's very confused. Right, like he thought this was a sure thing. Yeah, he even says that. Like, well, not maybe he says, I thought you, you know, say yes. And, yeah. and what's really, you know, we talk about details all the time. When they're having this argument, she's in tears because she doesn't know what to do. You know, she has this whole big thing. And while they're sort of arguing about that, she reaches out and like tenderly like strokes his tie. And it is such a heartbreaker moment. And it's such a, again, the little things in these films make the characters come alive. And it's such a realistic, genuine, movement i don't know just genuine moment for me yeah well you can feel the struggle in her when she's doing that because it's like she's holding on letting go she's so conflicted she has all these emotions and i don't really think she knows how to process them because they're coming at her all at the same time right so even though i hate that they don't talk it out right here and then and but if they did then we wouldn't have a movie i guess so I still understand it, especially she sort of explains why she just, you know, decides like I have to go because I just felt like how, why couldn't they make it work? You know, like, why couldn't they talk this out? But, you know, emotions are high. She storms off into the night, into Into the dark, the the dark Seattle night. It is met by a very unusual character. Perhaps the most unusual, I'm going to put this in quotes, and you're going to argue with me on this, Santa 
that we have. I like to call him Hipster Santa, uh, who is performed by the amazing William Shatner, comes riding down on his, his carriage ride with Mistletoe the horse through the fog, comes out of the fog while she's on the bench crying, coerces her with a heavy hand into the carriage too. I, we've never seen such a character as this. I, I feel like we have, you know, we've seen the Santas. Mm-hmm. Again, they never say that he is Santa. He mentions the sleigh though. He's like, it would be better if it well, was a sleigh. I feel like there could be a sort of maybe distant cousin of Santa. You know, <laughs> I, I don't quite feel like this is Santa. Well, first of all, we don't have reindeer. We no, have but he, but he a said, black horse named Mistletoe. Yeah, but he says something about that too. He's like, Mistletoe would be happier if it was snowing, you know, because it's, it's really a reindeer in disguise. No, I know, but horses are not reindeers in disguise. Let's not diminish <laughs> the beauty of horses. This was a horse okay. named Mistletoe. Okay. And I don't ever think Santa would be so creepy. I feel like Santa- Creepy? This man was not creepy. This is not creepy to you. Uh, just a lonely woman sitting on a bench by herself and some person- Okay, the situation, of, this situation is the creepy. Mist, <laughs> some mystical, magical mist that comes out of nowhere with a horse and says, you look like you could use a carriage ride. And then she says no, and he's like, no, seriously, get in this carriage. Yeah, okay. The situation is a little grim, all right? But the character himself with his like white goatee that he strokes to give magic, pretty awesome. And his I mean, outfit. I mean, does again, that talk- sound like Santa to you? Sounds like my Santa. Santa, <laughs> first of all, does not have a goatee. It sounds like West Coast Santa to me. That's what it sounds like. Well, no, it's, it's funny though, because real quick, the mom watches It's a Wonderful Life early in the film and we see right and we see you know the you know zuzu and you know the angel gets its wings scene and everybody's happy so this movie you know obviously draws from it's a wonderful life you know the time travel this is what your life would be like that kind of thing so maybe he's just an angel maybe this is an angel i don't think it is i'm just tossing that out as another possibility i still think it's santa just because of the sleigh comment he makes well, okay, I'll give you Santa, but I think he's a Santa from another timeline, shall okay. we say? Another dimension. A Santa so variant. Not, a Santa variant. Not, yeah, he's not our Santa, as we okay. know Santa. Well, I like that they went something different, and I think that goes to our costuming, um, again, because the outfit is just so unique. The most unique Santa I've seen. I'm here for it. He picks her up. There is an Aurora Borealis classic Classic Hallmark, the same CGI Aurora Borealis we've gotten throughout every like 30 films of it. But the reason I don't hate on this Aurora Borealis is because it's magic. That's true. It's not supposed to be the <laughs> That's real true. thing. It's a good so point. So I'm okay. That's with a good it. point. Um, and as soon as he drops her off and vanishes back into the mist, we've just time traveled. Buckle yeah. up. Yeah. Buckle up, Everything audience. Everything is different. We're three years into the future. Yes. And I, I remember watching it the first time, like just being like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Like they don't, you know, ever do this, but I should have known because Christopher Lloyd's in this movie. But. <laughs> you should, you should have known what was happening. So the first place she stops on seeing what's going on in the future is Jason's, right? The coffee shop, but it's a new location, which just seems unreal to her. She goes in, there's no one in the coffee shop too, which is a little bit alarming. You would think that this popular coffee shop would have people in, but. Well, that's what I'm confused. I'm not quite sure what time of night it is. We're never, we never know. We never know what time of night it is. It's, it's very unusual, the, the times of night. Because I, I wonder about that, you know? Yeah, um, so I didn't think it was that weird because I'm like, well, if it's pretty late at night, they. Yeah, know. maybe. So Becca's there. Poor, poor Becca. We haven't talked about Becca. She is the employee. Poor, poor Becca? Yeah, poor Becca. She is the okay. employee. Well, I think we have different, uh, different <laughs> thoughts about, about Becca. Uh, poor Becca. She is the employee of Jason. Um, they're close. We, we see how close they are in the beginning of the film. And we've come to find out that she is now, you know, uh, can I say this, rebound for Jason <laughs> since we're in the future? 
Jason rebounds off of Lindsay into Becca's waiting arms. Yes, definitely a rebound. So my issue with Becca. There should be none. She's a gem, a true, a true angel in this film. No. So my issue with Becca is that she was friends with Lindsay. And mm. as if you can remember in the beginning, Lindsay even makes some comment like, oh, us girls need to stick together. You mm. know, like they have a sort of bond, like a yeah. friendship. So the fact that Becca just swoops in. Swoops. And takes her man. I mean, I have some issues with that. Well, I mean, Lindsay pieces out and breaks that, that bond right away. So she's not even friends with Becca anymore. We're three years into the future. You see Jason, who's a catch, hurting, crying in the corner. You're going to go No, to I him. think she was just waiting. She was waiting in the wings I think she always had a thing for Jason and the minute Lindsay left she just oh well I'll be there to comfort you it was, a, it was all a part of her plan well because so of her Jason's coffee shop is popping popping so Lindsay was holding him back Becca comes in <laughs> gets the coffee going and we've got a we've got a love story here <laughs> no so I like I could never if I was friends with something someone and they broke up with their boyfriend I it would just it's like girl code you just don't do that you don't go after your friend's man even if you broke up even if you're not even friends with them anymore you were friends at one point and I just feel like that's like that's like breaking a girl code so that well, that's I feel I feel for Becca I feel for Becca you know Lindsay is just spiraling you know Jason is marrying Becca Yep. Then she goes to see her family. Her her house isn't her house anymore. Her mom's not there. I like I like how they have this little thing that you think the mom is dead. Yeah. Because her neighbor's like, oh, your mom is gone. And she mentions a heart attack. And you're like, oh my gosh, like this got dark real quick. But cozy Christopher Lloyd comes out, saves the day. Oh my god. I felt I was so relieved when I saw him come out of the door across (laughs) the street. And I'm just like, oh. Grandpa has someone. Um, yeah, and that's and that's awesome because she stays over the night. Christopher Lloyd's making her breakfast the next morning, as as Grandpa does, and I just have to say, Christopher Lloyd making orange juice was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> like I would give anything to have Christopher Lloyd make me some orange juice in the morning. Like that was amazing. I know. I I did notice that. And I was like, why don't we have uh, a, a juicer? Or a- why, why don't we have Christopher Lloyd make his orange why? juice? It's ridiculous. <laughs> we should have him in our kitchen every morning making his orange juice. No, but this movie does give me, so it does have like a, it's a wonderful life feel, almost uh, like 13 going on 30 also. Like, yeah, I can only imagine like being so, uh, so confused and scared and then having that one person that is- hey, The rock, the rock. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, they, he really awesome. is her rock through this movie, and I, and I loved, uh, I loved that it was, was Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, and and she even says, you know, towards the end of the movie that he is the most genuine person. What does she say? It's a it's a beautiful line. I wish I'd written it down, but she says to him that you are the most genuine human being I've ever known, or or something like that. It, it really got me. Um, but we get one of my favorite scenes here, where. You know, he's talking to her like, oh, what's going on? Is it amnesia? You don't remember the last three years? And he's like, you know, it could be time travel. And there's like a little twinkle in his eye. There's like a literal twinkle in his eye when he says time travel. And it's, it, I, I can't tell you how excited. You guys hear how excited I am. Like, it was just, it was beautiful. I just, love that they did it. I love that he agreed to do it because I wonder you know Christopher Lloyd like oh everything I do like people are going to want some back to the future <laughs> um, but it's like no but for real we do so, <laughs> for real please just say the line just the w- one line all we want is one line in this movie uh, uh, but I love that he's like but I mean that would just be ridiculous you know like yeah it was, so, it was awesome it was it was amazing you know and you know think about this how do you get Christopher Lloyd and William Shatner like like it just it's crazy I love it I don't know that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you get these two huge stars in this movie? And then I don't, I don't see how it's not like one of the most popular Hallmark movies. But I don't get it. I digress. Well, can I let me talk a little technical here before we dive into probably the only like romantic scene between these two characters? Um, 
that we get in the movie, which is just wild to me. But, you know, I mentioned the hot rim lights that, you know, that take place throughout the film. Even even in like the fake interview that she does on like Good Morning America, they still have those hot rim lights. Just drives me crazy. Maybe Other, that was the the hip thing in 2015. It's never a hip hot thing. Rim it's, it's never it's never a good thing. Um, and we also get some nice tracking shots. I mentioned that earlier too. That come through. Uh, other than the you know sort of ridiculous cuts we get in the beginning of the coffee shop, the camera work was really nice. Uh, there wasn't a lot of a lot of times in these movies what they'll do is they'll move the camera just a little bit as people are talking to try and create interest because you're literally just having two people talk. There's not a lot of that. And when they have that in there, it's fine. It's not noticeable. It's just nice and subtle. We've got a lot of cheesy music here though, which you know was, was the thing to do back then. I, I can't stand the cheesy music. I just, it gets me. It just, it hurts my heart every time. So a lot See, of cheesy- I feel like it seemed a little more fitting in this movie because it was kind because of- Because it's magic? Because they have- yeah. I mean, yes, yes, but even even then, you know, you could you could tone it down a little bit, just just a touch. There's some wonderful, also, we don't talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I feel like we need to. Some great establishing shots. You know, establishing shot for those of you who don't know is, a, is a, usually a wide shot of location to you know let the viewer know we're about to go into this place, basically. And they have some wonderful establishing shots of the outside of the homes, the uh, town that they're in, some really nice shots that aren't necessarily just sort of the average B-roll shots. So I give my, my thumbs up on those because that really brought me into the, the location with them. Yeah, I feel like they definitely, um, this movie isn't like Christmas heavy uh, as far as like plot or anything. So no. I really loved how they incorporated it with like the decorations of her home oh her mom her went crazy yeah her mom's home her child no wonder she has heart problems she's just running up and down the <laughs> steps decorating so much like it's ridiculous oh, no um but i just thought it was beautiful and i loved it, it felt like a real home like it just yeah. seems so homey when she's in there and i just yeah i loved i loved it and even the you know the little downtown where the coffee shop is and like oh, all goodness, the lights yeah. and everything there's like a shot they keep cutting to of the coffee shop and they have like the string of lights like mm -hmm. going across. And I just thought that was was beautiful, nice touch. So we do have a limited amount of romance in this movie, but I will say, I don't want to say limited amount because the whole sort of story is that she's missing that love, you know? Right. But the scenes that we get with mm. them together- Are great. Are some of the best. Whoa, whoa, some of the best? Yes. I mean, this is why I love this movie. And this is why, to me, I don't see how more people aren't talking about this movie because, well, so I'm just, I'm just going to get into it. So she, you know, wants to go see him. It's awkward. I love the scene where she sees him and she's like basically stalking him, you know, hiding behind the, the pole, the telephone poles and, and the, across the street. And they we have this funny little moment with a family like finds her like ducked behind a car and she's just like there that's like the comedy and how she handles all of this i just think is so funny mm -hmm. and charming so jason sees her across the street of course because she's not being very discreet and immediately is like runs out to to see her he looks so, both ways though before crossing the street good on him good job jason i love that you can already see that he's just like oh my god you know he hasn't seen her i guess mm -hmm in a few years three it's been three years well he does talk about going to visit her that's once, true which i wish say two years have gotten a little more information about that but it didn't uh, go well it did not go well. i'm guessing i'm guessing not so i love that sort of awkward interaction and then you know she's a big time bookseller now and so like she's limo big She's limo. Yeah, big. she's getting close sent to her, car sent to her. Apparently, they wired her two million dollars. I mean, and she doesn't on. remember any of this, right? So she she basically has amnesia over the last three years because she's time traveled, and so she never went through that. So all this stuff that she's realizing that she's famous, she has a book written, um, she has all this money, she's you know teaching at Yale. She doesn't remember any of this, so it's it's fun to watch her reactions, be like, oh my god, I have two million dollars. Oh my god, there's a limo outside. So while she's scared and confused, there are these moments of like, I'm doing pretty well for myself, you know. Yeah, it's, it's cool I to might see. be fine without Jason. No. <laughs> um, ooh, ooh, 
so ends up that she has like a book signing that she has to go to and you know jason has this talk with becca that she's like i feel like i you know after he sees Lindsay, he's just kind of like all he's like a fluster and he i'm sure a lot of emotions are coming up feelings he doesn't you know know how to feel and so becca's like you need to see her you need to get some closure which I do respect her in that regard that she's like, I want to make sure when you marry me, I'm here. Yeah, Becca's amazing. Becca's amazing. Well, and boy, does he get closure. <laughs> boy, does he. Yeah. Or does he not? I would not call this closure. And so he comes to find her. She's getting ready to leave on her limo. And so she's like, why don't you just come and join me? Which I love because at first I was like, oh my gosh, then what was the point? You know, that he's just mm-hmm. going to leave. They can't have their talk. And so he joins her. For the book signing you know he she ends up getting like stage fright she's like freaking out because he's thinking you've been doing this for how long like how are you so nervous but to her this is first first, first time yeah. and he does this funny like i guess it was like they were in a play together where he the was cowardly lion wizard of oz the, yeah and wizard yeah. of oz and i love how committed he was oh he went for it this part like and he, he kept going he kept going oh. it, it felt so real i'm like my goodness was this like just outtakes like what is going on and she's there laughing and i'm laughing you i feel like this moment was very pivotal because it feels like you're like seeing like she's like this this is then like this is why hmm. he proposed this is why they were together because it's so easy with them and they're just you can just feel how comfortable they are with each other and like yeah. how close they were you know that they were always there for each other no for real and it's it's just such a great moment um between the two characters and since they don't have a lot of screen time the screen time that they do have together has to be good it has to let the audience know hey we're a real couple we're real enough that we're gonna get married you know like it has to be just on on point and it was it was absolutely on point and even the, the question he asked when she's at the book signing you know, to make her comfortable, just beautiful. And uh, you can just tell he's always there for her because Jason's amazing. He is. And it was, it was like, I was getting teared up. Like when she's just like, I love that question. Like, of course he would ask a question that she would love that she would want to answer. And it would definitely just open her right up, Yeah, you know, cause that's who they were to each other. You know, they were yeah. each other's, you know, support. So well, they, they make each other better, right? That's what you want in a relationship is you want to make the other person better. And they did that for each other. Yeah, I absolutely felt it. And then, so of course, you know, they're on a high. They're so excited. The book signing is a success. And they're on the way back in the limo drinking champagne. Mm. And man, so it comes up that he's like, well, are you seeing anyone? Is Has there been anyone? Of course, she doesn't know because she, has she amnesia. can't remember anything. But she's like, well, I don't have a ring on my finger. So no, I guess there's no one. And you can like see it, like the light in his eyes, like sort of come out when he realizes she's not attached to anyone. She hasn't found anyone. And he touches her knee. Mm-hmm. And you immediately, I don't know about you, but I had that pang in my chest that I was like, oh my gosh. I know. It was, yeah. It was just, it was so, I mean, obviously it probably just felt so natural to him to do that, you know? And then there's like, you know, some, she re- like touches his hands. There's like some lingering hands. And I was like, is that, are we going to, are we going to get a kiss? Like what, what's going mm. on? They're drinking champagne. There's some knee touching going on. I mean, it was palpable, you know? So then he of course is like, what am I? what am I doing you know I'm he's about to get married to Becca and then we're like oh yeah Becca we forgot about Becca so of course he jumps out the limo like I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna walk home or (laughs) I don't remember he needs to get away from her because she is hot fire she (laughs) she she is hot fire she is hot fire so then he has some saying that he's like late for it so she brings him back to the coffee shop and when we talk about romance when I talk about romance, these are the things that I live for. As you know, I love, I don't even need words. I don't even need 
the dialogue. I need to feel it mm-hmm. in the eyes, in the, the stares, in that like tension between the two characters. And boy, do we get it between these two characters. When she basically says, you know, they're, they're having it out when, when she's like, or he says, why didn't you ask me to come? Like, you can tell he's like struggling. Like he's just like the way he's looking at her, like he just wants to like run across the room to her, like reach out and like kiss her. Like you just feel it. Like he doesn't even have to, you know, say anything. And, and he's like, why didn't you ask me to come with you? which we're all like thinking, yeah, why didn't you? Like, why wasn't this a thing? Like, why couldn't you have had a conversation now? Because he's like, I'm ready to get married, but I'm looking at you and all he can remember is like what they had, you know? And she says something, she says the line, like I felt, and this is where I, it makes all the sense to me where she's like, I felt that you were asking me to choose between your life and my life. Like she didn't think, it was an option for them to like mix their careers, their lives together. Like she thought he was saying, well, you have to choose my life over yours. And I guess that's where her, you know, resentment or the feeling of like, well, of course I'm going to choose mine if I have to choose because I've worked so hard to get here. Well, I mean, the conflict, you know, that happened in the beginning of the film is stupid. I mean, let's, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's, it's stupid. Um, conflict in these films usually are pretty ridiculous because the, the two adults don't talk to each other. Um, and apparently they didn't talk to each other well. I, I don't know why. I don't know why it wasn't brought up. You should come out here. Maybe when he went to visit, things just went south because he saw her already established there and didn't think there was room for him there, what have you. But to me, the way this, you know, we wouldn't have a movie otherwise. But to me, the way this would normally work in a, in a, in a you know, a real situation is she has this news, she gets proposed, you say yes, and then say, we're going to work it out because we're so in love. We're going to figure it out. We can do right. this together. We don't get that. And so the conflict in, a, in of itself is ridiculous. But that scene you're talking about, and when he comes over and hugs her at the end, you know, after he's, you know, he says, why didn't you ask him to come? It was a great scene. And the movie is great, except for, again, the the conflict well no i thought it was stupid but that's what i'm saying is this scene well, the way she says that that's how it makes sense to me of why she the conflict because she felt like he wasn't respecting or like she yeah. and she says i thought you didn't want me to have this so in her mind she was like well why would i can't be with you if you want to take away my dream like if i have to stay here and I can't have my dream, that's what she felt was happening. So that to me made sense why she just left. Cause she felt like, why, why would you make me choose? You know, obviously she, I wish that they had talked more. It could have been no. of like, well, obviously I can have both. No, it was a nice, it was a nice way to sort of explain it away, but it still, you know, it still feels weak to me, you know, just to me though. I don't know. But when he touches her face, and there, the tears in his eyes, like my heart was breaking in a million pieces. I, I really thought we were going to get a kiss there, which I'm, I'm glad we didn't because Jason, you know, he, does, he is engaged. Well, because Becca so. was right behind them the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <which> we, <laughs> I mean, come on. Not know. But, um, but yeah, that scene, I mean, I don't know that I've seen acting quite like that. You know, you just, to me, these two characters worked so well together and that, that tension in that scene, like, was just incredible. Yeah, it was, it was remarkable. You felt everything that they've shared and, you know, have gone through together and all of the heartbreak and love, like, just in that little moment. Mm -hmm. So even though we don't get them together a lot in this movie and there isn't, like, all of the typical romantic tropes and stuff, like, just this, like, to me was enough. Like, it was just... I think amazing. The cowardly lion impersonation was enough for me. That was that's what I needed. <laughs> that's, it. that's what I needed. You know, of course, Becca ruins everything, and she oh, comes in. She walks in. Becca doesn't ruin everything. I mean, she ruined this moment for sure, like 100. percent But so you know, she runs off back to you know the East Coast. She has interviews to do in her fancy mansion house that we see. I mean, she is loaded. 
she's loaded. She has pictures with the Dalai Lama that she can't remember. She doesn't remember anything. And, you know, during this course of this interview, she realizes that she needs to get back. You know, she needs to get back home to her grandfather, to, to family, to, to Jason, really. What's interesting to me, because you know it's going to work out when she goes back. You know, she's, you know, she's going to go back in time. If she had stayed on the East Coast, would she have just stayed there and regained her memories? That's what I'm wondering. You know, maybe that's how the magic works. Maybe Santa Claus was like, hey, you get to see this. But if you stay there, you know, you can lead this life. I mean, I don't think so. I think he knew. Or that she'd Santa, go back. Santa's cousin. I don't know. <laughs> his, his character name in, on, in the movie is called Co- The Coachman. So. Ooh, that's a fan. I like that. The Coachman. Ooh, I yeah. like that. So we they never say that he's Santa. I still don't buy it. The but Coachman. Whatever magic that he has, whatever, you know, Christmas magic. magic he stole from Santa, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think it, you know, it was only going to last for this because he knew she's going to realize. Yeah. You know, that was just the whole point, just to give her the, pers- the perspective. And that's the whole thing. That's all about her, what her book she wrote about, what she talks about to her class is like realizing what's most important to you. Oh, inspired me. Uh, I mean, this movie, the book is called Inspired that she wrote. This movie inspired me. It's like, what is really important to me? What do I need to focus on? It was really cool. These little, I mean, there's a lot of little moments in this, this film that we, we're not talking about, but there are these great little moments through the different characters, interactions between her grandfather interactions between her mother there's a few heart to hearts there that are just wonderful um and it's it's great because you know she chooses family but she also chooses her career you know she, she wants both and she can get both i don't know if she'll be as successful i'm not sure you know i don't oh, know she if will. there's a line she says she's like and i will be successful like and i love that like she's so confident like she's like i know i'm gonna be successful no matter what i do well i don't know if jason would be successful because obviously it was becca that really ran the coffee shop and really made him into the coffee tier that he is you wash your mouth out with um jason did that all on his own becca i'm sure was a help but but i do want to shout out you know we talk about the mom but she, Lindsay's mom, uh, is played by Laura Soltis, and I love her. And we've mm-hmm. seen her in quite a few movies. Just recently watched Five Star Christmas again. But I, I just recently saw her again in Five Star Christmas, and I just, you know, I, I, I just think she was great, and especially uh, in this movie. Yeah, she was. When, she, she was great. When when she has that talk with her on the phone, you know, she's at that big Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like calling her from Sweden because she like ran off with her her doctor. There's, there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing there. <laughs> yeah, which I loved that storyline. I thought was genius. You know, her mom can tell. You know, like what's wrong? And it's she's like, well, yeah, I might have everything, but I don't know any of these people. Like she doesn't know anyone. You know, that must feel so lonely. Uh, but that is interesting to think about. Like if she did get all of her memories back, would she feel differently? You know, maybe there was a guy she went on a date with that, you know, there was something, you know, I don't know. Uh, they do talk about a f- man is- from France. Yeah. So Jacques, um, is it Jacques? No, <laughs> I mean, that would be a different movie. So, yeah. And they have this talk that her mom is, you know, well, you know, it's Christmas time. Like she's like, everything is going to work out because at Christmas, anything is possible. And they talk about magic being in the air. Oh, yeah. That's when it hits her the magic mm-hmm. creepy santa's cousin the magic <laughs> i gotta go back gotta get back and she goes back but she doesn't go it's funny i don't think she goes back for creepy santa she goes back for jason because she doesn't go to the park right away she goes to jason well she goes to her grandfather obviously then she goes to jason he's getting married then she goes to the park as like a last ditch thing so she goes for jason which i think is a nice thing Well, she does go for Jason, but I think that's what hits her is like she remembers back to, you know, William Shatner, goatee man, Mm -hmm. the coachman, if we should call him. Coachman is such a good name. Uh, That she's like, well, maybe this is, oh, no, I guess not. No, because she doesn't get on the, she she doesn't want to get. Ask him after, like, she's like, what was this all for? Which I thought she was smart. I mean, she should have figured it out. Well, she doesn't want to even get on the carriage for the second time. He comes out of the mist again. And she still refuses to get on the carriage. So she she goes back for Jason. She goes back to try and reclaim her life. And only at the last second, after he asked her again, being like, no, you definitely need to get on this carriage, does she finally do it. 
Well, yeah, because um, she shows up to caffeinated and he's yeah, already gone. It's already gone. Yeah. And so we get another Aurora Borealis and, you know, we, we're kind of, you know, making fun of the, the coachman here, but Shatner does a really nice job of playing this sort of mystical Oh, he's fantastic. Person. Yeah. And the lines that he has as he's talking to her, I, I like, I think he, he, he crushed this role. I love the magical fireflies that <laughs> just fly around him and his, and his coach. Uh, apparently that's the thing, Aurora Borealis, the magical fireflies, and then stroking stroking goatees stroke the beard yeah and then she's back on her timeline yeah. so i don't know you know if this is a, a thing if you know santa also has these powers i'm not quite sure uh but i did find it very very interesting so she goes back to find jason three years in the past her original timeline we're back on the original timeline people if you're following along in our time travel i know time travel gets a little confusing timing Should we do wimey, a diagram for wibbly this? wobbly you know, we're fans of Doctor Who, so it's really easy for us to follow this kind of thing. She's back on her original timeline, and she runs to Jason right away. And we get her really lovely scene here, besides the awful text message screens that pop up on the window, which is the only time this happens in the movie. And just, I hate them. You guys know this. I hate <laughs> these screens. But go ahead. Why don't you lead the way into a really adorable scene here with our man, Yeah. Gino. We do get a really touching moment where she goes back to grandpa and her mom. Actually, she goes back to them first, but, and she's like telling her mom, you need to make a doctor's appointment right away (laughs) because, you know. That's where she calls her grandfather, like the most genuine human being or something, a really nice line. It's so touching. I wish you would have written that down. I did too. I'm sorry. I failed. But yeah, I'm like crying. So then she plans this thing to go back to Jason. She has genos of course mm-hmm. come back uh they're probably like is are you kidding me you know we had to clear <laughs> clean all this up i don't know if they had to remake the noki i'm not really sure but you know they show up and she's like you know texting him will you, will you at least open up for the noki and i thought that was very cute mm-hmm. and and yeah they have the talk that they should have had at the beginning right and what's funny is because he asks her, well, why didn't you ask me to come with you? But in this time, she's like, he brings it up. He's like, well, do you think they have coffee shops, you know, in Connecticut? Uh, and yeah, I just think that, you know, it is funny because I'm like watching this like, well, why couldn't you guys have just done this? This seems so simple, so easy. But then again, we wouldn't have had this whole movie. Uh, so she realizes, you know, she can have it all. And uh, and it's it's so sweet. I love it. I love, I think they did it perfectly that, you know. Well, you're talking like this movie's over. And I, I thought it was. I mean, the camera pulls back. You know, they're having their Geno's Noki. It pulls back. They're in the coffee shop. You're like, oh, roll credits. And I'm like, oh, man, we're going to end this movie without a kiss. No, no, this is, this is not the end. It they keeps do, going. They do a switcheroo. Yeah, I forgot that we get to see the wedding. Which so is I don't weird. know. I don't know how much time has passed, you know, after the engagement. So obviously enough time for her mom to get go out with the the heart surgeon again. Yeah, I there. mean, yeah. So she's with the guy, and uh, so yeah, we get the wedding. I love the wedding. I love the you know the fur. You know, like I don't know what you call that shawl that she has like okay. over her wedding dress very very bougie very you know mm-hmm. fancy is that costume design i'm telling you i know so i love that we got to see the wedding i thought that was a nice touch i wasn't i had forgotten and and we we get a kiss and it is spectacular it is a really good one i mean these these people can kiss these people can kiss. yes they definitely no question about it they have the chemistry um and i thought it was a great kiss i love getting to see the the end it's very nicely wrapped up in a bow uh but not like too too soon you know it's not just cut off i like that we get to see that they actually do get married and then of course you know we've got william shatner in the background watching (laughs) stroking stroking that goatee The the coachman the coachman stroking the goatee, which I'm glad we did get to see him one, I would, last, I, one I, last time. I want more. I like. I want the coachman to appear in other movies. Like he's. It such should a be cool like a character. series, like the coachman. And yeah, it's such a, it's such a cool character. It's yes, it's a little off-putting. Yes, it's a little creepy, but it's it's like a fun creepy. You know, like it's 
it's a neat... I mean his horse is named mistletoe I guess he can't be that creepy yeah. but it's it's great and then we also get some resolution for Becca because they did Becca wrong they did uh. Becca wrong you know she gets the bouquet uh she looks at some gentleman behind her and she's like "Ooh!" and so we assume that she's gonna be with him but really it's it's always gonna be jason for her but yeah, it's just too bad that you know yeah they were not meant to be and then we get a classic title card at the end but it says the beginning the beginning, the beginning. which i thought was a nice touch and it, yeah it says the beginning and this really is the beginning for them will there be more time travel in their life i don't know I don't know how you can live life knowing that there are beings of magical power out there that can teleport you through time and go about your daily routine. How do you do that? How do you do that as a human being knowing that? We do it every day. And I don't know if you caught in the, the opening sequence. I caught that title card. I mean, we're talking classic Hallmark title card, just straight title across some clouds. I mean, come on. Yeah, but they were playing your favorite song, your favorite Christmas song that you know all of the words to. Crashing, crashing through the crashing snow. Crashing through the snow, yeah. Um, they were playing Jingle Bells. And it, it made me laugh because I was like, oh, we were just saying, oh, they, you know, in Crashing Through the Snow, they weren't playing the typical Jingle Bells uh, where we learned that you didn't know the words. Uh, but they played it in this one. So well, it is classic. 2015. Things were a lot different in 2015. They were. Um, and they were playing the classic. Okay. So the one bit that I mentioned earlier that I did have a problem with this movie, everything else was pretty, pretty near perfect. But, you know, when she sees that Jason is gone and he's getting married, you know, when she sees that sign on the door, she, she falls down to the ground, like le leans against the door and, uh, we get a montage, which montages, I feel like they don't do the montage as much anymore because they realize like, it's just pretty cheesy. We don't really, you know, I don't really feel like we needed the montage here, but what made it worse was they, the, they played a track over it that did not go at all. Like it didn't seem to fit at all with the movie. It was like this upbeat pop song and it just made it, it just felt really out of place to me. So that was like my one issue with the movie. I didn't think we needed a cheesy like pop song montage right there. And let's replay every single scene that they've shown of them yeah, together that. in the movie. We know that she's going to be like sort of mourning this relationship, that she's upset. She can act. We don't need to have this like cheesy montage to right. show like everything, you know, of what they've like been through in their relationship. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we just watched it. We didn't see anything new, right? So, you know, it, it was a very cheesy sort of flashback montage of the movie that we just saw. Um, we, we don't need it. It's the same thing with this sort of cheesy music, you know? It's there as a crutch. You don't need to crutch these actors. They know what to do. They've done it. It looks great. Um, so it definitely felt out of place. I think that's kind of the, the classic Hallmark thing to do. And so they just had it in there. Um, but just a little disappointing. I, I agree with you. That was a very disappointing, disappointing scene for me. Yeah. So everything else felt really different and, yeah. you know, but, but this one scene just felt a little, yeah. a little too cheesy for me. Yeah, for sure. And that was just in time for Christmas, a magical time traveling, uh, Christopher Lloyd filled with William Shatner. I mean, here, here's my pitch to Hallmark. Let me just pitch a movie to Hallmark. I have this great movie, all right? Time travel, all right? Magic. Santa, William Shatner, Christopher Lloyd, boom, that's all you need. Yeah, big question mark for Santa. Santa? And yeah, it was it was great. It's it's one of our favorites, you know. Uh, I'm glad they played it because they never play it. Yeah, so, I hope we're bringing maybe it to light a little more for some people that mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it, that you please go back and watch it. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do. Yeah, because 2015 wasn't the big Hallmark surge. I feel like the Hallmark surge came within the 2017 to 2019 range. That's when the Hallmark seemed to have really taken off with a lot more people. Um, and 2015 was definitely the a different sort of crew. So I'm hoping that if you're just getting into Hallmark, give this one a whirl. Let us know what you think. And, you know, please, guys, um, just let us know what you think. And as always, you know, you can check us out on 
all the the socials and all the the places that you can listen to podcasts and you know it really helps us out if you guys would would rate us uh if you like us if you hate us you know we need to know that maybe you don't like us for some reason maybe you don't like my beard that's fine i mean i'd rather not know if you hate us but sure if you hate us i like that (laughs) (laughs) don't don't hate stephanie you can hate me don't hate stephanie please don't Uh, hate me (laughs) Uh, but thank you all. And again, thank you all for the messages too. I, I love talking to you guys. It's, it's really nice when we get to hear from the fans out there. Um, you guys are just as passionate, if not more so than us, which is just awesome to see. So we love talking yeah, to you guys. We've definitely gotten a little bit of a, an influx of, uh, of followers from our Joshua Sass interview. So really, really just loving seeing all of the, the support mm-hmm. and all of the new listens. It just makes us, uh, makes us feel real good that, that yeah. we're doing this gets us in that Hallmark Christmas spirit. So thank you all very much. And we will see you next week. See you next time. Thanks.